Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 18 of the Sideliners podcast. My name is Brad Siegel. I'm your host, joined by my co-hosts and good friends, Ben Solis and John Miles. How are we doing today? Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. All righty. Well, the big news, obviously, of the weekend, or not the weekend, the week, was the Baylor-Gonzaga game, um, which I obviously picked wrong and Ben picked right. We're not going to talk about that. But what we are going to talk about, what we are going to talk about is how in our bracket pool, there was only one person to pick Baylor correctly. And even though he picked him right, he still didn't win the bracket pool because John's bracket was that much better. My bracket so, was correct. So, round of applause like, to John. Wait, so who who did who did win the bracket? John won the bracket. Me. Oh, okay, but okay, never mind. Then who who picked the championship right? Corbin. Yeah, of, Corbin. Co- of course he did. I know that was that was busted. It was bad. I don't know. My my bracket was insane. So I don't I don't think anyone thought it. Except for the fact really that you picked, mean. except for the fact that you picked Michigan, that was not insane hey. to you. Hey, stop! I no, no, I will not. My they lost to UCLA. I literally knew it. I knew it was gonna happen. UCLA almost beat Gonzaga, but they did. They did they? <laughs> stop! No. Stop! No, you're, they didn't. You're, you're, okay, you're, you're, right, you're picking now, a bad. Now we're, <laughs> now we're gonna. Yeah. Now we're gonna take it over to a break. <laughs> from our sponsors at Anchor. Isn't that right, guys? Yeah. Okay, bye. Welcome back, everybody, from that wonderful uh, sponsored segment by Anchor. We love you, Anchor. Thank you. Oh, yeah. And uh, get back into it. Okay. So, talking about the game, um, obviously, Baylor dominated right out of the gate. It was really unbelievable how they were able to contain Gonzaga, just like you said, Ben. And really, to me, it was their offense in the first half, at least. It was unbelievable. They were, everyone was cooking. The whole team. They, they, they couldn't miss. I mean, no. it, was, it was really – it was a great thing to watch. Like, like if you're really into sh- just straight-up shooting, Bay- Baylor in the first half just was lights out. No, and like, they played a complete game of basketball. Really, it was amazing. I know, but, like, like you watched the first, like, six minutes of that game, and they went, what, like five for six from three? Yeah, no one could miss. Yeah, Maybe on Mitchell. True. Could not miss. I think he just declared too for the draft. Uh, oh, I didn't today, see that. today or yesterday. Okay. Well, that's exciting for him. Big, bright future ahead of him. Um, so let's talk a little bit about what this means, really. So this is Baylor's first championship in school history. Um, they hadn't made the Final Four since 1950, I think. And I mean, just they've come a long way, especially. I mean, the, Scott Drew, the coach before Scott Drew. I mean, there was literally a murder within the Baylor basketball team yeah. 20 years ago, and here they are today. So, crazy. Um, Perseverance. Right. And so I saw a thing, uh, sort of the same story as the uh, UCLA game with Gonzaga. I don't feel like Gonzaga really played bad, per se. Maybe in the first half out of the gate, they didn't come out with the same energy, and Suggs did pick up a couple quick fouls. But it really just... Baylor played a complete game. I mean, no one was going to beat them on that night. Yeah. I mean, we've seen both teams play. Like, they were obviously the two best teams throughout the season. But the way Baylor played was just a whole nother level. And I guess it's that Gonzaga hasn't played as well, as good as teams or whatever. But Yeah. Well, the thing with the – go ahead. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I, from my point of view, it was supposed to be equal. And then, like you said, right out of the gate, it was over pretty much. It was There was really no chance of Gonzaga coming back. Well, something I saw, like, going off of, you know, Gonzaga being in the WCC and not a great conference, like, they – um. It's not that they didn't play good teams over the season. They played Kansas. They played Iowa. They played West Virginia. It's that they didn't play a ton of good teams in a row. They didn't go on a long stretch like Baylor did in the Big 12 where there was just constant good competition like you would get in the tournament. Mm -hmm. So people were saying, you know, Gonzaga was emotionally spent after that Final Four buzzer beater. They weren't – they just came out of the gates. They weren't ready. But but I I don't know if I buy that necessarily because, I mean – like every, I mean, you saw Suggs crying after that game. He would, I mean, and obviously, you know, you lose a national championship. Obviously, you're gonna feel emotional. But I mean, if it was like for him, somebody that is only gonna be there for one year, and he knows it, he's he has a spot secured in the NBA. But I mean, it's like he wants to win, and like you can tell that every single uh, player on Gonzaga laid it out on the line, and they just, I mean, Baylor found a fifth gear to go to on Monday night. And it was, I still it was buy great it. To watch. I still buy it. I think all the emotion Saturday night definitely had something to do with it. Yeah. Even though they, I mean, of course you want to win still, but I just think there's only so much you can do after an exciting ending like that. And I'm not saying that that's the reason they lost. It just maybe can explain why they Baylor came out with so much more energy. I mean, Baylor hadn't played a close game other than Villanova, and they still won that one by double digits. This is true. Very true. Right. So looking ahead to next season, kind of uh, there's not a whole lot. In college basketball, is really tough because of just the whole one-and-done idea. Like teams can t- like a team that's horrible one year can be a top-five team the next and vice versa. So, but like a lot of the, you know, super early preseason rankings I've seen, UCLA is coming back. They lose basically nothing. Johnny Juzang's coming back. Tiger Campbell. Gonzaga will be back, too. Timmy is probably coming back. Suggs and Kispert are not, most likely. And Baylor will probably be up there, too. I mean, Baylor, we've said it a million times, is the deepest team in college basketball. And even though most of their starters, if not all, are leaving, they still have lots of good players underneath that. It's, it's, a, it's a next man up mentality. I mean, you just exactly. See- once yeah. you get into that situation where like, okay, I've been in that situation where, you know, I've won at the highest level, but maybe didn't do all that much to maybe help my team besides being maybe a practice body. And now you're getting into the chance to show what you can do. Like maybe that elevates your game and Baylor, Baylor could potentially have like, you know, five, six, seven guys that are able to do that. That are yeah. a part of this team going into next year and they'll just be another dominating force. Uh, yeah. that, that that's the, that's the way I see it. Yes. Yes, yes. Um. All right. So transitioning over to the NFL, which we haven't really talked about in a while, there hasn't been a whole lot other than really draft stuff. And the question I want to talk about today is, um, I've been seeing a lot of stuff recently about Kyle Pitts. It seems like pretty much undoubtedly the first three picks of the draft will be quarterbacks. Um. Trevor Lawrence, then Zach Wilson, then whoever the 49ers go with. We'll talk about that another time. Oof, oof. Um, the, the Falcons at, at four, 
have a tough decision because they don't really need a tight end or a receiver for that matter. They're pretty loaded right there. But it's hard. I've seen a lot of stuff like, can you pass on Kyle Pitts? I mean, he's obviously talented, a matchup nightmare. If you're the, the Falcons, do you take him at four? I think if you're the Falcons, you just try to – because it depends on where you want to go as a franchise. If you want to maybe stick with Matt Ryan for maybe just one more year and see how far you can take the team, then I would say go with Pitts. But, I mean, if you're looking to just, you know, do a rebuild, do do whatever, then you probably are in the position to trade back and just gain assets probably. Steven, where I'm, what I'm thinking is – they take pits, but they still need to kind of do a whole rebound season and have that after Matt Ryan leaves or Matt Ryan retires. Julio Jones may leave or something. They get money from Julio Jones. They, uh, and they could do whatever they want with pits because that is a valuable player. And I know a lot of teams would want him. So right. I, I see that. I can see well, that. Trading like that. Trading back is essentially trading pits. Yeah. 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 I mean, and obviously we won't know how how well Pitts will do. Obviously we hope that he's a great player like he was at Florida, but I mean, um you know, it, it's it's all up to chance at this point. Yeah, but, that's I mean, true. It, You're right. People bust. But but yeah. if but it, but if he is like that once in a generation type player you know, if, if if the Falcons decide to choose him right there and hold on to him just as a building block, I mean, and then go through the rebuild, like John said, I think that, that would still be beneficial to them. Yeah. Franchise. Well, I was looking at some stuff, and the Falcons just got a new offensive coordinator. The last time the Falcons offensive coordinator had past experience with someone like Matt Ryan in 2016 with Kyle Shanahan, he was an MVP. He won the MVP. Yeah. Okay. So there you go. I mean, maybe this is a bounce back year. Matt Ryan always puts up good numbers. He's great receivers. There's no reason he can't do the same. So I mean, I, I, I mean, I, and I feel like I feel like this isn't his year to retire either. I no, mean, I don't either. Obviously, he's getting old, but we see Tom Brady kind of lead the way for older. Yeah, he's not even the oldest quarterback in his division. Yeah. <laughs> so. That's hilarious, actually. Yeah, and poor Sam Darnold. I didn't even think about this. He get one, he got a one year break from being in Tom Brady's division, and now he's back in Tom Brady's division. I I saw the thing that said uh, after six years of playing college football, Sam Darnold has now made it to the NFL. Yikes! Oh, that and so like that's first of all mad disrespectful, <laughs> but but it but it is hilarious. Um, yeah, right, right. <laughs> Sam Darnold slander. I actually don't think i it's he's just so hard to evaluate just because he was put in like the worst situation ever yeah he kind of reminds me of daniel i jones knew someone was gonna say that I was gonna say <laughs> daniel jones without a running back yeah it's it's worse although i think their offensive line is a little better than ours ours is bad i kind of want the giants the giants are in a really weird spot because they're 11 and the odds are at least two of the three out of jamar chase Devontae smith jalen waddle will be gone and I don't even know if we take they, – they might all be gone by 11, but I don't even know if we would take them. Devontae Smith won't be gone by 11, I don't think. You don't think? Oh, I, he might. Because there's two offensive linemen that will probably go That's, before. Well, I, I actually think there's a chance 
Slater, Rashawn Slater, falls to us. Sewell definitely really. Falls. That would be awesome. I know that's what I, I mean. Want. Yeah, Sewell is going to the Bengals. Although I've seen a lot of stuff about Jamar Chase going to the Bengals, but they need. Uh, I don't. I mean, obviously that'd be cool, but they need for Joe Burrow's sake, I don't. But that I don't think no, he no, wants no. that. Joe Burrow wants them to draft. Right, right. I I Jamar saw Chase. that too. I saw that they that they wanted to. They want or that oh, Burrow yeah, wants yeah, them yeah. to draft Jamar Chase, but I mean like. But that's not in his best interest, probably. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, unless no, he was saying he would say he was saying I saw I saw all this I read a whole article about it and everything. It was like he wanted to play with Jamar, but it wasn't like that would be his first. Like, take. like set in stone. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, we can continue this conversation. We need to have just an NFL episode. Maybe that can be our next episode. Yeah. Um. Of course, the draft is in a couple weeks now. Very excited about that. And um. Yeah. You have anything else to add? I think that does it. Okay. Well, thanks again to Anchor for being our sponsor. Go check us out. Download our episodes on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We love the support. Viewership has been going down a lot, but, you know, that's okay. We just, uh, you know, tell your friends, actually. Like, if you're here, thank you so much for listening. Um, Yeah. We will see you all on Monday. Have a good weekend, everybody.